Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. During this edition, remarks by Ryan Bomberger. Ryan and his wife Bethany are the founders of the life-affirming Radiance Foundation. Ryan was in Orland Park as the keynote speaker at the Pro-Life, Pro-Family Coalition Conference. That's where he encouraged Christians to help change culture with truth. But he also warned, we're in a biblical worldview crisis. I live in Loudoun County, Virginia, where we have a serious problem of school boards going wild. I don't know if you've seen in the news, it seemed like for a while we were in the news every week. It is an insane fight there, and it's you know people from across the political spectrum who have had enough of school boards injecting their toxic ideologies and forcing them on not just the children, but on their staff. And so there is this war on, on moms and dads, and I would say initially war on parents, but I wanna actually say mom and dad, because the world keeps on obliterating moms and dads, the labels themselves. And so our organization, the Reigns Foundation, has been involved in this fight in the schools. We've gone to, I've spoken at a number of school board meetings, and it's funny, because when, when the news reported on some of these meetings, they said, school board meeting erupts in chaos. What that translated to is that we didn't do jazz hands. They don't allow us to clap. So we didn't do jazz hands, and people clapped for people because they liked what they had to say. And so that was chaos. I mean, it's just another example of how fake news is. But the reality is we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. We have to be, un we have to be willing to be unliked, um, whether in real life or online. It's okay if you're unfriended. Get over it. I try to tell young people that because their whole, I mean, the whole social status, why can't, I can't somebody unfriend me. Yes, you can. Well, what if they call me names? Get over it. Because scripture doesn't say, oh, by the way, you're going to be loved for his name's sake. No, you will be what? Hated. He said, you will be hated for my name's sake. Look, I, I love what we do. I love when, when you know that you're living out God's calling. My wife and I together working as, as partners in our ministry, as partners in life, I, I just, I love it. I love the ministry God has given us. And, you know, when we started back in 2009, my wife was, had just left teaching and, well, left teaching in schools. She is now a homeschool teacher and longs for the riot lockdown days in Philly school where she taught because homeschool is no joke, but it is an incredible blessing. But we didn't know what we were doing running a nonprofit. She had left her job as a teacher. I was, I was leaving my job as a creative director. And here we find ourselves in situations, and this is funny, I love how God works. He's like, oh, you said you're willing and able because those are dangerous words. Hey, God, I'm willing and I'm able. He's, I heard you. And he will put you in situations that you never expected to be, like in a school board meeting and having, you know, LGBT activists, people all around you, so much brokenness all around you and trying to figure out, God, how do I speak to this situation? So one of the things that we love to emphasize is that we are factivists. There's a difference between an activist and a factivist. I just want to distinguish that for you here. We can't act without the facts. And as Christians, it's our responsibility to actually know the context of issues. We don't have an excuse to not know, driven along with all the emotionalism of activism. 
We have to know because context brings clarity. And when we have clarity, we can act compassionately. We can act responsibly. And that's what we try to do. That's what we try as a creative. I mean, I love doing the research. I'm, I'm a creative, but I also love all the research. I, I want to cite these things. In fact, if you go to radiance.life and go to our articles, we always link to primary sources because we want you, you can come to your own recent conclusion. Culture, because we hear all the time, well, these are just culture wars. And I love how news media always says, well, culture wars have arisen again. They've never ended because it's a spiritual and moral battle. What is it that we're trying to change? It's a way of life. Wherever you are, it's the way of life. And as Christians, we are trying to obviously change that. We try to change the culture, but the truth that we're using never changes. And as you see in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I love that about truth. I mean, he did say that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I mean, that's a bold statement to say that I am the truth. I mean, he is the personification of truth. Even though seven out of ten Americans claim to be Christian, only six percent of those individuals actually have a biblical worldview. And that's for older generations. That's like for um, Gen X and older. For the millennial and Gen Z generation, only 2% who actually claim to be Christians, only 2% have a biblical worldview. We have a biblical worldview crisis. I mean, you wonder why churches, how is that church embracing this? How is that pastor embracing that? Because they don't know the Bible. And if they do know the Bible, they're obviously rejecting the Bible because there's some basic things. It's kind of like when they say, Planned Parenthood, for instance, says, you know, your genitals don't determine whether you're a boy or a girl. Mm, that's not science. And yeah, if I hear one more pastor, you know, being asked, in fact, I won't mention the pastor's name. He's no longer, I will mention his name. Um, Carl Lentz, Hillsong. Have you noticed that Hillsong's been having some problems lately? Because there's a lack of a biblical worldview. Carl Lentz, when asked in a major, you know, talk show, The View, about abortion, he couldn't give an answer. There's a way to give a grace-based answer and to say, it's sin, but we still love the person who's struggling and we'll be here to support them. Unfortunately, that wasn't the goal. But as Christians, what is our responsibility? We have to ask ourselves this question um, because we have a culture that constantly wants to shift blame. I don't know if you noticed that. But here's the problem. I work with so many young kids all the time. If everything is external, if every cause is external, well, then it's no longer on them. There's nothing they can do. They, that renders the person powerless. And when you're powerless, you're hopeless. Every cause is not external. In fact, many of those causes are internal. That's why I'm years ago, when I, 10 years ago, I did a presentation called um, Self-Control versus Remote Control. Because if we don't control ourselves, we will be controlled remotely all the time. And young kids, we're, we're seeing the aftermath of that. I want to just talk about the war on mom and dad, and I want to give to you what our, our organization calls the life principles. And we break this down. You could apply this to every issue, situation, the L in life, and the most important one, is love one another. John 13, 34, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. That's really hard, because to love someone like Christ loved us, I'm a parent. Some days I, I have a hard time loving my kiddos that don't do this. We've been doing this for years. Every day you get up at this time. Sometimes it's hard to love, but we're supposed to love others as Christ has loved us, forgiving us no matter our hot mess of a situation, we're called to love. And this is important because when we're talking about really 
especially, for instance, the grooming that's happening in our children, there's a visceral sort of holy, righteous anger that wants to come out of us because it's so despicable. But we have to remember that the individuals on the other side of things are still creating the image of God. We still need to love them. We still need to pray for them. So we are speaking the truth in love with a dash of sarcasm. It's okay. I mean, Jesus was to the point. You brood of vipers wasn't exactly a, a cushy little, you know. And we have to understand the difference between these two things, love and tolerance. Love lifts people out of their circumstances. Tolerance keeps people where they are and pretends there are no circumstances. I don't want to be tolerated. I want to be loved. And there are so many who think they want to be tolerated. They think they want to be part of this whole bogus inclusion and don't understand that they actually really need to hear the truth. They need to feel the truth. They need to see someone living the truth. And so this is really crucial when we're talking about all of these, all these issues. We have, to, we have to understand that loving every human being is not the same as loving every human doing. And as Christians, we have to get that right. Ryan Bomberger with the Radiance Foundation and his remarks at the Pro-Life, Pro-Family Coalition Conference in Orland Park. After a timeout, Ryan will continue with life principles and encourage Christians to identify the lies in our culture. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Louise Perry begins her new book, The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, by observing that Marilyn Monroe and Hugh Hefner were born the same year and are buried in the same graveyard. But, quote, they experienced sexual liberation very differently. Monroe, Perry writes, never had much say in what men did to her over the course of her short life. The sexual revolution promised women liberation, but men were the real beneficiaries. Women, as well as children, paid the price for that. At the beginning of her book, Perry includes a poem. It's called Conversation with an Archaeologist, written by Holly McNish. Here's how it goes, quote, He said they found a brothel on the dig he did last night. I asked him how they know. He sighed, a pit of baby's bones. A pit of newborn baby's bones was how to spot a brothel. The ideas of the sexual revolution have had consequences and victims. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. During this edition, we're featuring remarks made by Ryan Bomberger at the Pro-Life, Pro-Family Coalition Conference in Orland Park. Mr. Bomberger and his wife, Bethany, are the founders of the Radiance Foundation, Radiance.life. During this segment, more Radiance Foundation life principles, and Ryan will encourage Christians to identify the lies that seem so good. The second principle in the life principles is identify the lie. Ooh, sometimes we are not good at this. We're like, wow, that sounds kind of right. I'm not sure if it's... No, we need to be able to identify what actually is a lie. Ephesians 4.14, that we no longer be immature like children. Now, we're all adults in here. We're supposed to be older and wiser. Sometimes those things don't go together. I'm not talking about anybody in this room. I know there's a lot of wisdom in this room. But we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by everyone of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever. They sound like the truth. Wow, we've got a lot of that going on. And a lot of that that's going on is blanketed in co-opted rainbows. And I will tell you, as someone who's you know, a marketing major and spent many of my 
my years as a creative director doing marketing and messaging, it's the most brilliant marketing I've ever seen in my lifetime. Satan is a liar and always a bad imitator, but he knows how to entice. So let's talk about some of the lies that we can identify, education. First of all, New York actually pays the most per student um, and has the, some of the highest illiteracy rates among youth. DC is the same. The problem is not that we're not spending enough in education, the problem is what we're spending too much time on in the supposed government-run schools. That's the problem. But this notion, this notion of private notion that children belong to parents, we're their first and primary teachers, and we're the most important ones. And I'm saying this as someone with, you know, my wife was a teacher, public school teacher and private school teacher for 13 years. But like, LCPS did teacher training where they talked about the teacher is the second mother and that parents must respect the authority of the teacher. I'm like, you got that backwards. <laughs> um, the teacher needs to respect the authority of the parent. And I know there are situations of dysfunction, and my, my wife was in that situation where, kind of like a parent, but a teacher never really plays that role of a parent. There are the exceptional sort of, the stories where there's a teacher who, would, like my wife, who would visit kids' homes, but that teacher is not performing the role that a parent is supposed to perform. So the whole idea that you, this, it's a collectivist idea. No, your children belong to the state. They're wards of the state. No, they're not. God gave them to us. Now here, locally, Evanston Skokie School District, this is being taught in kindergarten where they are teaching the kids to break the binary because it's oppressive to actually teach that the scientific truth that, first of all, sex and gender, which are the same, uh, they keep trying to redefine words, are determined at fertilization by our DNA. They're not assigned at birth, um, even though the American Me Medical Association now says that, and they don't want gender to now be listed on a birth certificate. But they want to break the binary. So this is just from, I, I read through some of the curriculum material, and it is, it's beyond shocking that these administrators are doing this to children. I mean, don't worry, they can't do basic math and, and basic science, but they know that they can identify with 58 different genders or whatever that is. It's heartbreaking. But they're talking about breaking the binary, and they also say that it's whiteness, get this, oh, whiteness that has forced its gender framework on racial minorities, oppressing us. What? So somehow now it's racist to say that there's a man and there's a woman, and that's science. This is being taught starting in kindergarten. We're allowing our kids to be brainwashed. And I don't know what it takes for there to be an outrage. I know you talked about the exodus. Yes, we need to have an exodus. And if not an exodus, working like heaven to change what's happening in our public schools. LCPS, Loudoun County Public Schools, has a policy 8040. Policy 8040 says that any child can identify any gender and a parent is not allowed to be notified. And they will accommodate that child, they will take the name, but the parent may not be notified because the parent could be dangerous to that child. There's so much, actually, you guys may have seen the news report, a friend of mine, Tanner Cross, with a teacher at the school board meeting, he's a phys ed teacher, he said, I love my students too much to call a boy a girl and a girl a boy. I won't do it, I won't lie to them. He was fired the next day by Loudoun County Public School System. It took a court proceeding for him to be reinstated and the Virginia Supreme Court reaffirmed that. How were we in this place? Now we can blame a political ideology 
We can blame, you know, wokeness, and yes, there's that, that's part of it, but I think in large part the blame is on us as Christians who have created that void because of our apathy and our unwillingness to engage. Who would have thought school board positions would have been that, that important? And now you've got nine to 15 people, whatever the school board size may be, making generational ripples because of the power that they wield. We are seeing the mass erasure of women. It's gotten so absurd to where I have colleagues who are nurses and they're not allowed to use the term breastfeeding, they have to use the word chest feeding. The American Breastfeeding Society, which I guess they'll have to change their names, they're now saying they need to be more inclusive and they're gonna use the word, they're gonna use chest feeding because they, they say um, they need to be more inclusive of lactating people. <laughs> And they say that some, some males experience complication with lactation. Yes, because we don't lactate. That's the complication. It's not actually not a complication. That's just, it is insane. You would think I'm making this stuff up. I have an article. If you go to don'teracewomen.com, or you can go to the URL there. It's our Ratings Foundation. Go to don'teracewomen.com. I write about this pervasive, it's a heinous movement to actually erase women. We see it with, with now boys competing against girls in sports. It doesn't matter what drug regime they're on. First of all, I thought it was just say no. Now it's just say yes to carcinogenic blockers that destroy your body for a lifetime, to irreversible damage to your body because they're amputating perfectly healthy body parts. The Biden administration that put out that, the budget that doesn't call women women or mothers, but pregnant people. The diminishing, and this is coming from all, so many corners. We were marked before we were even conceived by a God who gives us equal and irrevocable worth. You talk about critical race theory, um, even Black Lives Matter, I would love to talk about that for a while, but that embraces Marxism, which, by the way, was an insanely racist ideology that wanted to abolish the church and abolish the family Karl Marx was, he would have worn a white hood if he were in this, he was so, and Friedrich Engel, they were so incredibly racist. But don't worry, people are embracing an ideology, a poisonous ideology. Um, race, we all know that we're one human race, that there's no scientific basis in it. Even you know, National Geographic that gets a lot of things wrong at least gets that right. Race is just a made up label. What we're experiencing right now and the attack on moms and dads comes a lot from the anti-racism movement comes from the LGBT movement and comes from the anti-racism movement that says your parents don't know what they're talking about. Your parents are just racist. Your parents are just white adjacent. Your parents are just, I mean, whatever the term is. And it's hostility to marriage, to family as we understand it, and to a biblical worldview. It is completely hostile to Christianity. The two cannot coexist. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, white, black, and every you in between. But this is the whole thing with black liberation theology. It does not understand who Jesus was and why he came. He came to save us from our sins. Our sins are what separate us from God. Our sins are what cause our struggles. We have to identify the lie. The um, bumper sticker mantra, you know, pro-lifers don't care about people after they're born. Actually, we do. We're the ones who run the 3,000-plus pregnancy centers. We're the ones who run the 450 maternity homes. We're the ones in all kinds of parachurch organizations caring for people, Catholic Charities, Salvation Army, the list goes on and on. And so 
1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I just can't believe we're in this phase of society where MLK's, you know, character before color is now reversed, that color is all that matters, and color doesn't, I'm sorry, color is all that matters, and character doesn't matter at all. It's, it's so mixed up, and it also misses this. Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I want to say this about critical race theory. If you want to look at this from a CRT lens, Jesus died on the cross. You remember what he said as he hung there before he said it is finished? So he actually asked for forgiveness for his actual oppressors, died for them. That's the mentality that we should have. When it's, you know, John 13, 34 says, we're supposed to love one another as Christ loved us. And yet, critical race theory divides us so unfairly. In the, I guess because I'm half white, half black, so I'm like half oppressor, half oppressed. <laughs> one half of me has to pay reparations to the other half of me. Honestly, it just gets, it gets ridiculous after a certain point. Third part in life principles. Fight the lie. I want to give you the verse, Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You don't need full armor if it's not going to be a battle. And if you don't feel attacked, then you probably aren't doing anything. Just saying. The E, expect the victory. There's no use in fighting if we aren't hopeful for the victory that God's already laid out. We're just kind of following that path. And Romans 8.37 doesn't say we're undercomers. No, we're overcomers. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victories is ours through Christ who loved us. There is a war on moms and dads. There is a war on our importance and our value. But we can never, ever, ever cede that ground to those who will not possibly care and love our kids the way that we do. All right. That was a condensed version. <laughs> Ryan Bomberger with the Radiance Foundation, Radiance.life. Our thanks to the Pro-Life, Pro-Family Coalition for allowing us to record his remarks. Please join the Illinois Family Institute for our Pro-Life Apologetics Worldview Conference, Saturday, March 18th at the Village Church of Barrington. Scott Klusendorf, Dr. John Diggs, and Scott Phelps will help us better understand and explain the sanctity of human life to people in our sphere of influence. This timely special forum is an important opportunity to strengthen your biblical worldview and become better equipped to effectively engage with your family and friends who celebrate abortion. They help elect pro-abortion lawmakers to represent us in Springfield and Washington. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org or call 708-781-9328. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.